We are back, back, back again with Jess Mena. What's so up? excited. Jess Mena, DPT in H-O-U-S-E. As we said last <laughs> time, I'm bringing it back this time. I'm so excited. Today, we're talking about recovery, not just recovery, not why it's important. You know why it's important, people. You may not do it, but you know why it's important. Just like having broccoli, this, the idea hasn't escaped you. You just might not have embraced it yet, or maybe you're just too busy. But we're talking about recovery techniques and technology. You have seen the Instagram ads, and you probably wondered, does this matter? Do I need this? Do I not need this? Or could I do something else? We'll get into all of that juicy stuff. But before we do, Jess Mena, what's going on with you? There's always so much what going up? on with you. I feel like that could be the whole episode every time. <laughs> what up, everybody? Uh, you know, CIM, we're still training for CIM. CIM's a little over 10 weeks away, right? Something like that. I will see you there, yeah. friend. I will see you every, there. We've mentioned it so many times, but everyone's going to be there, I feel like. The same way, you know, everyone's talking about getting in. Congrats to everyone getting into Boston today. All the official emails came Huge. out. Huge I'm day. I'm stoked. I'll be there in April. Hopefully, I'll get to see a whole bunch of people in April. But yes, right now, the focus. So you're, are you running or are you just oh, going to? No, no, no. To, I'm running. Yeah, you know, see running. the sights. I'm running. Okay. I'm running. I'm trying to be Q at Boston this year. That's what I want to do. I want to be Q there and just be done with it for the year yeah there you go yeah because you're on, you're on a, you're on a trail kick you can't exactly be just yeah I can't. Now. so right now it's uh training for cim and uh you know running a nice fast race the fast course so just getting you know ready for that and training with all my valley la people and i'm still they're still yeah yeah how's the how's the team How's the so I definitely team? weaseled my way into making three people sign up for CIM. So now we have like a group of six people training for CIM. Everyone's doing pretty good. It's really interesting. Um, we have a few new marathon runners on the team. So it's uh, it's it takes me back to when you first started training, training, uh, training for a marathon. You have no idea what you're doing. I had this guy. He's uh, Keep in mind, we're 10 weeks away. And he finally said, he's like, oh, yeah, I ran like 12 miles last week. And I was like, what? Yeah, I ran 12 miles. A 12-mile no, long No, like 12 run? miles a whole week. And so oh I was like, um, okay, let's get a plan together this week and we're going to go. Has he started tapering or is this? The- <laughs> I'm like, okay, we uh, let's do a double-digit run this weekend. He can do it. He's a pretty strong, like a natural, naturally fast guy. Um, but he just needs more guidance. So it's fun. It's been fun for me kind of putting my wannabe coaching hat on and, you know, guiding people with basic stuff. So that's been cool. Knock it off with the wannabe <laughs> coaching. You're you're a doctor yeah. who runs. Yeah. There's no reason yeah. you can't coach. Knock it off. And you're you're okay, I, you are a community I organizer do, as well. You're gonna be president I do someday. Love it. You're a community organizer it making fun, it. Happen. It is fun. Um Try, you know, it's like I said, especially with the newer people, I feel like I know what's going to happen. Like, hey, shin splints, this is going to, this is in your vicinity at this point. We got to make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z so you don't, you don't get hurt. Um, we have a few people have gone through some, a few little aches and pains. So I feel really fortunate that I feel comfortable enough to give guidance for that. So yeah, I feel like a soccer mom right now, I'm like full on runner mom. And I'm liking it. All right. Well, before we break out the orange wedges, <laughs> let's get into some more information. Also, let's say this. I'm doing a whole media rollout at CIM. We're going to do live shows on top of live shows on top of live shows on top of live shows. I can't shows. wait for that. Jessman, are you in? Can I book you I for a live love, show? I would love to be on a live show. It would be so fun. 
Okay. okay then we're doing it. You're going to be in it. You're going to be in it. We'll talk. We'll probably talk about this. We'll probably talk about marathon recovery, yeah. frankly, because you know it's going to be too close to the race mm-hmm. to talk about anything else. And we're going to utilize your expertise. We'll talk about marathon recovery. Be like, hey, after race day, what should the next seven, 10, 14 days look like? So we'll do that. That'd we'll be so live fun. show booking there it right go. here. See this thing. If I ask people live on the on the pod, like they can't say no. This is great. Oh, I'd so like I'm going to ask. Talk. I would never say no. I'd be like, count me in. I'm doing it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, I'll tell you what. Speaking of let's do it, you inspired me in mm. our last podcast. How? You inspired me to fully, again, you're not the only person who has pushed yes. me in this direction. But with that said, I have been, not pushed. It Maybe push, motivated. It has a negative connotation. Yeah. Motivated, inspired, inspired <laughs> to now take on a what? new direction. The new direction is not only a band, it's also the shape of my running career going more towards Yay! trails. And I am so excited. You you, you got me oh, pumped man, I up. I love the trails. Like you're... Your story was interesting because, again, it was like so many other people's. It wasn't like, hey, you know, rainbows and great wine. Yeah. It wasn't like the, that that kind of story. It was a whole different thing where it was like, all right, yeah, it was hard and it was fun and I suffered and I had a great time and it was challenging but a good experience. It was that push and it pull. Was, it's so, yeah. For the same reason so many people look at the marathon. Like, yeah, I'm doing it because exactly. it's a challenge. That's the yes. whole point. And with that said, I've enjoyed training on the trails. And I always have. For me, it was just finding that middle ground of, hey, my ankles are so bad. People who may not know this, if you're newer to the podcast, I had reconstructive ankle surgery on one ankle. And when I went in for the, uh, the uh, basically like the doctor visit beforehand, they took x-rays of both ankles and they said, oh choose my God. one. They're both wow. awful. Like they both need reconstruction. So anyway, Wait, that's how my ankles did? are. That did was 20 years ago. I got one because then my basketball career ended. And I was like, I don't need the other one now. My bike. Now you're going to running. That's- you know, it's like, I'm retired. What am I going to need an ankle or reconstructive ankle surgery for? What am I going to oh be having two? That's There's nothing intense. else. But ult- so anyway, my ankles were bad. And every time I ran on trails, like my ankles were like, grr, grr, grr. it was just like, it was, the, it was a mix of like the Tin Man and the Lion. <laughs> I was scared and crying and creaking the whole time. So... Ultimately, I went back. I got like I started wearing my glasses on the run. Got the little like little tie in the back to keep my glasses on. Not great in humidity, but we make it work. And then I also just like I bought my old basketball ankle braces. So I went on the internet. I bought them. They were like the really? best ankle braces that you could buy for basketball. I try, I've tried them all. Tried Ooh. them all. And if and if they're more if they're comfortable enough to play basketball in for two hours. They're comfortable enough to run in because yep. that's what basketball is. You're running, you're changing direction, yep. doing a lot of the same stuff you're doing for trails, frankly. So those two things, all of a sudden I could see on the trails, and all of a sudden my ankles were protected by these really good ankle braces. I was like, all right, let's do this. And I started to really enjoy it. Past three weeks, like 90% of my oh, running has so been fun. on the trails. And I'm in, the, I'm, I'm in marathon prep. I got a marathon on October 23rd. So um, you know, I'm just a couple weeks away. And um even with that, like even last week, everything was 100% of my running last week was that's awesome. on trail. No, that's not true because on one mm-hmm. long run to go from one trail to another, I ran on the but road. Still, but still, ultimately, yeah. again, but still. So that was like, so I had a 16 miler, are mostly dirt roads and a little bit of trail. Um, But yeah, I really liked it. So I signed you up did? for my first trail race. Which Just one Mena is it? Oh my God. Which one it. is it? Well, you're it's not going to know because like so many trail races. It's on the East Coast. What? Oh. Oh yeah, we should just come out oh, to yeah. you know, Cal West Coast, and do a trail run out here. 
I'm going to be flying over a lot of trails <laughs> on the way there. Um, no, so I got the, mm-hmm. so I got the marathon, the Ocean State Classic awesome. here in Rhode Island on October 23rd, which is fun. Um, and then three weeks later. Game time. Game time. Trail half, Upton, Massachusetts, just east of Worcester. If people who are in the area, you know, Upton is kind of in between, um, basically in between Worcester and 495 if you live in the New England area. But anyway... Upton Forest. Here we go. It's a six point five mile loop. You do it twice. You do it twice. Do it twice. Uh, so it'll be you know thirteen point one miles, about fifteen hundred feet of elevation gain. Kind of a mix of kind of nice little buffed out spots, and then plenty of like you know typical New England roots everywhere, rocks everywhere. Today I ran three miles. It was like every step was either on a wow. root or on a rock. So it was like, it's got the point where like, you can't like, it wasn't a matter of, and this is what I had to get used to. It wasn't a matter of like trying to learn how to avoid mm-hmm. them. Cause that was like, that's like a fruitless exercise. It was more of like, how do I run on top now, of Now that's real trail. Out here we get, you know, we're in the desert. So we have fire roads, but they're just steep ass fire roads. That's awesome. Oh man. So then it's going to be their half. Then it's going to be a, what? 50K. Then a 50 miler. And then, <laughs> and then Moab 240. There we go. There's the content. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's exciting. Well, I do think, but well, I was talking to one of my friends. Her name is Shelby. She's a big time ultra marathon runner. She ran, she ran the speed project solo last year and she's a newer oh, runner. Boy. She's, I mean, I've been running for 21 years. She's been running for maybe since 2000. She's at 17 or something like that or seven, something like that. But she runs a, Wait, she's been running for 17 years no, and you just I, called no, her a newer no, runner? since 2017. Since 2017. Oh. And uh, she's a hardcore. Okay. <laughs> no, Sorry, I apologize. She's a hardcore trail runner, but she's a really fast marathoner. Um, but it makes sense. I mean, you running, you know, elevation, you go on the flat course and it's like, whoa, I'm killing the road right now. So that's how I felt after my 50K. I was like, wow, running 13 miles on the beach is a lot easier than running 13 miles on the trail. Yeah, I mean, I, I felt it this week. So this was the first time I'd run. I did a so I did a workout this week on the road. So it was um, again. We're gonna get into recovery. Yes, we people, will. I we promise. Will. But we're doing, just 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 indulge me a little bit here as I talk to Jess, who went through the same thing. So I had a workout this week. This is a great example of it. So I had three mile warm up, or you know, two or three mile warm up, and then it was three by seven minutes hard, three minute jog, and then again two on or three trail. mile cool down. So that was the plan. Oh, okay. No, so this was just like, this was just on the schedule. I could have done it, I guess, technically okay. anywhere, but I decided to do it on the roads, so uh, or the bike path near me. So I did it. It was great coming back, and it was funny. It was like once I hit like the hour mark. Normally, during the cool down, you're like, I yeah. can't wait for this to be over. It was like the exact opposite because I've been running like eight to ten mm-hmm. miles on the trails, which, which around me, if you're running eight to ten miles on the trails, you're talking that's yeah. at least an hour and a half. Because you're you're not really going faster not than I'm at yeah. a mile pace, especially if you're me at easy pace with all the rocks and the roots and the the quick up and downs and all of that. So, on these eight to ten mile runs, I'm out there for mm-hmm. at least an hour and a half. So all of a sudden, it's like I'm at the seventy minute mark during my cool down. I'm like, I feel like I'm just getting wow. going. Like all of a sudden, I felt I don't want my cool down <laughs> to end, and like I yeah. worked hard. I worked hard in this workout. So again, I'm not the fastest guy in the world. And I'm not going to pretend to be. I can, I've you know, I'm a masters runner. I'm I'm totally fine sharing my paces it was basically in three by seven minutes 
which for most people is basically the equivalent mm-hmm. of like mile repeats for the for a lot of people. So for me, I was it was kind of the same thing. So I was around seven fifteen to seven twenty pace, awesome. three minute jog, um, which was fine. It wasn't it wasn't a, it yeah. was a super long workout, uh, but it was it was good. But then I'm like doing the cool down. I'm like I don't want to stop, so I just mm-hmm. I kind of like, kept going. I was like, all right, I'm gonna make this a four mile cool down, and it was obviously because. I had just been spending so much time on the trails, not just from a time perspective, but just because the trails are a little bit more technical, it just felt like every it's trail a workout. Run is like, you know, 90 yeah. to 100 minute, like building up your athleticism you, and strength session. So like, I feel so much stronger. Like, like, so like yesterday, God, I'm really, this is not what I expected people. I, I apologize. We're going to get into the, the main topic in a sense, in a second. Um, yesterday's a great example. So I went out and did a trail run and I left mm-hmm. my, my watch at home. So I was like, I did this trail and I really enjoyed it, but like I didn't mm-hmm. wasn't able to capture it. So like I came home, I'm like, I'm not exactly sure how far I went. And like on the schedule is like six to eight miles, from six to eight miles, the kind of the day after the workout. So go home, go on, you know, Strava or all trails and you know, kind of map it out. I'm like, I six point two five. Like I didn't want to go six point two five. I wanted to go eight or nine. So I was like, all right, I'm still kind of in the zone of like what was on the schedule. I'm like, I don't know. I feel really good. So I was like, email my coach. I'm like, double today? Question mark. He's like, go for it. So like, you know, a few hours later, I'm hopping out there, Dang. doing a double, doing a four, doing four miles. That's and like, great. I felt good. I was like doing 830 pace, just kind of like cruising around, nice and chill. And I was like, God, this is like. I'm in a whole new world. I'll tell you, trail running has made me so much stronger. I 100% agree with you. I'm not kidding. I know people would say, like, hills pay the bills, but they really, really made me a much stronger runner. Um, So I think that's just a benefit. And you're not even running that hard. You know what I'm saying? Like, you work your ass off to try to run hella fast on the road, but you go on the trails for a few weeks um, and and really log in some base miles up there, and you will see see a little bit of an improvement. Uh, or, or a lot of an improvement sometimes out on the road. So hills pay the bills. Hills pay the right. bills. Hashtag. And I, let me like, let me ask you this question because I I kind of go back and forth mm-hmm. and it's probably both. But for me, it's like all right, is this is this a a byproduct of the fact that I'm just putting more time in zone one and zone two because I'm out there longer, and or is it a byproduct of like hey, this is just more physically challenging. So by doing this for eight, eight to 10 miles, like you're just kind of building up your muscles, almost kind of like doing yeah. step ups without weights isn't a challenging workout. But if you do 20 or 30 of them, uh, like that is challenging. And all of a sudden I it's do like think it builds it's it more of the, I mean, there's, you could probably test it by running a flat trail versus a really hilly trail. I mean, mm-hmm. when you really think about it, the muscle groups you're using for a trail are a little bit different than you running on a road, right? You're using your butt and your quads and your hamstrings way more. And, and your, your ankles, feet. your peroneal, and your everything. Feet. I mean, your whole body's working. Your arms, just everything. My, my back hurts sometimes. I'm like, oh my God, I'm like working so hard right now. Oh, that's funny. My arms, my arms. I feel like I'm less. like trying like because this. I'm like, I'm like going <sighs> side to side. I'm holding my phone in one hand, and I'm like, kind of like, I'm like, I'm like doing the airplane arms sometimes, and like other times, I'm like, we gotta make it a fish. We gotta get you a running vest, like you know, a Solomon one. Good. Oh, you mean like the the, uh, the water pack, the waters, and like the. Well, that's funny. I was actually thinking about that text. I went over to REI um, to get what did I get? Oh, I needed another waistband because I had a waistband before because I needed one for the marathon. 
because the, the one that I had before, it, it kind of ripped and whatever. So I went over to REI. I was looking at them. I'm like, you know what? But here's the thing. Where I live, I mean, you could go out there for hours mm-hmm. and hours on one trail, but, like, it would really? be really hard. So, like, because it's just not that long. So, like, where I live, which is, but actually, it's kind of like a blessing because it's so easy to circle uh... back to the car. So I can just store stuff. So, like, this is what I do is, like, so I did a long run on the trails last weekend. So I did 16 miles. And that's just what I did. Like, I did eight. And on the way back, I, like, at basically, like the, between, like, seven and a half and eight and a half, um, I was able to come by my car, grab my water bottle, grab a goo, throw it down. Wow. And then just be on my way. And that, like, it was totally fine. So I didn't – I wasn't in a position where I was, like, I'm going to be out here all day and I need ah. to pack up accordingly – which is understandable, but for me, it's like the trails around here just aren't long enough in Rhode Island where that would actually be the case. It's so easy to circle mm-hmm. back and kind of I do see. that. I see. Okay. Yeah, not here. Not here. You get lost. You get lost. Well, we're the smallest state in the country, man. We got to smash yeah, a lot into a little bit of space. I can, I can rep that. <laughs> so unlike unlike my description of my trail running excursions, we're gonna, which was not smashing a lot of, into a little bit of space. It was smashing a lot into an even bigger space because I just kept talking. Okay. I will now pass the mic to my friend and colleague, my coworker yes. of sorts, Jess Mena. Jess, oh, let's man. talk about recovery. Yes. All right. First of all, first of all, I think we all know yeah. what recovery is. However, if people are like, I've never run before, and I've never listened mm. to a podcast before. What is recovery? So give us a quick little elevator pitch on what it actually is and why it's actually important. I, the most basic way I describe it to people, recovery is just the stuff that you do after most of your workouts, during your week, um, you implement into your program to try to help you rec- yeah, recover from your long, hard runs and help. Okay. You can't use the you, definition in the word. You can't use the word in the definition. Feel better. Get back and allow you to do a hard workout or a workout the next day. Um, that's I, that. That's the best I can. I mean, it's hard for me to 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 sustain to 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 get back to the level yeah, you were at like, and to improve. I, I get. I want to get all sciencey. Yeah. You know, like reducing all reduce the biomarkers and get this inflammatory processes out of your body and reduce the soreness so that you can push yourself. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So let's mm-hmm. talk about inflammation for a second, because if you, you can spend, Oh, so many, I, I got scared. Of, I was like, Oh my God, we're going to go. Down inflammation <laughs> is the worst, right? You know, there's certain, like, and then you need you to have, get rid of yeah, all the inflammation. You also have a inflammation. Like, totally about inflammation. So you're, you know, all about it, all about it, dude. Yeah, if you blow up like the yeah. Michelin man, that just means you're working hard. Um, so tell me about why inflammation is it necessarily? Because most people are not like on the whole inflammation's good thing, right? That's like, like you have to be like a complete science yeah. bro to be like on that corner. So we're not those people are not listening to me. They're on they're listening mm-hmm. to the Ben Greenfield podcast, who's doing crazy experiments that are completely not sanctioned by medical mm-hmm. by med, by medicine mm-hmm. or any kind of science. So we're mm-hmm. probably talking the other end of the spectrum. We were like, I thought inflammation was bad, like flat out bad with a capital B. Why is inflammation not necessarily the worst thing in the world? Because in order for things to heal, you need some or part of the inflammatory process to occur to try to get all these good cells to help repair tissues. That's essentially what it is. And so very 
complex and simple in a way. Like if you really get down to the nitty gritty of it, it's like you're creating all these, you know, like. I mean, they're necessary for repair, right? Inflammation is yes, necessary it's for vital repair. for repairing. You need it. Like okay, so if you eliminate all inflammation all the time, what you're saying is that you're not going to be repairing the cells, especially after a hard workout. That's going to allow you to improve. Right. It's like the like, like a, a main, the stuff. simplest thing that most people will kind of um, correlate or understand is like you talk about lack. You know, there's lactic acid in your body. Right. It's like a byproduct of your muscles mm-hmm. working so hard and breaking down protein that you develop this byproduct, which is uh, that. And that stuff, if it sits in your muscles, is not generally good, right? Because it's what creates your muscles to feel sore and achy. You have this extra product there that's not being taken out. And so you're like, oh my God, my muscles hurt. And so if you don't necessarily help that process speed up or promote it to kind of be flushed out then you're going to be sore and it's gonna be hard for you to feel better the next day and do a workout for an athlete right gotcha okay so Mm -hmm. inflammation Mm -hmm. not the worst thing in the world but it gets basically pegged as such right so it's kind of like all right you gotta get rid of all inflammation all the time Oftentimes we hear that uh, from a recovery perspective. Also from a recovery perspective, we often are sold. This is like mm-hmm. we're like tech yes. has like attached itself right. in two ways to running, right? It's, mm-hmm. We've seen it in the watches mm-hmm. and we see it in recovery, okay? The watches, I think that's great, especially from the GPS perspective. You can track me where I am. I know the route. Perfect. This is great. Right. All good stuff. Right. So if you can tell me exactly how far I ran, exactly what the elevation gain was. What what a blessing. That's fantastic stuff. Right. Again, people don't use your watches to tell you exactly how fast you're running at any moment. That is not a good use of your watch and will only drive you crazy. Also, I would say take off the mile splits off your watch, too. Uh, I have like the most expensive Coros watch you could buy. Um, wow. And I took all that stuff off my watch because I was like, all I want is yes. miles and time. Mm-hmm. I can look at all the other stuff after the fact, and I do. But during the moment, I need to know, like, I'm running. Hold on, 7.39 yeah. pace, I'm good, right? Like, you don't need moment-to-moment validation or worse, mm-hmm. moment-to-moment criticism of what we're doing. However, putting the watches aside, especially unless you're talking about Garmin telling you you're unproductive, yes. in which case, don't listen to it. Let's get into the technology aspect of recovery because this seems to be something – that has taken the world by storm. We see he- companies coming in, doing making mm-hmm. huge promises about what it could be, having mm-hmm. huge marketing budgets, like millions and tens of millions of dollars in their marketing budgets, whether they're massage guns or their crazy-looking boots. I had one company, I'm not going to say their name, pitch me to be a sponsor on this podcast, oh, like this specific podcast, with you. It was a simply bucket? a bucket. A bucket. It was a big <laughs> ass bucket. And they said it's great for cold No shit. Like 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 cold like, ice? like um like whatever they call it. Like a cold like, yeah, like, like a cold like, like a cold like bath. You would get a regular water- bucket at Home Depot and put ice in it, you know? Like that kind of thing. Cold water, cold ice. And you dip your body into oh, it, right? Yeah. You see, like at NFL yeah, yeah. 
training camps. You see yeah. people like sitting Those in like ice the ice bath. bath. There it is. The bath. So you're sitting in an ice bath. So basically, it's a barrel masquerading as an ice bath. It costs a thousand dollars, and they wanted to sponsor the podcast. I'm like, absolutely fucking not. Yes. Everyone has a bath in their house, and they can exactly. take ice out of their goddamn fridge. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna have this this product sponsor my podcast. But this was a great example of the kind of money that is flowing into the recovery space. So before we talk about any specific items, what is it like for mm-hmm. you as a PT seeing all the marketing and the influx of capital into this space for products that may or may not? I think it's actually rather frustrating, to be honest, because. I think people have shifted. Everything's about wanting something done now. Like I want to feel better now. I want to heal faster now. And people will do anything and everything to feel better within a day, 24 hours, 12 hours. If they come to PT and they just ran a marathon and they're like, I'm here because I, you know, I want to run to, in two days. And I'm like, what? Like, what? Well, who told you, you know, and, and they will invest a whole bunch of money on all these products and people need to understand, you know, it, it things don't happen quickly and physiologically, we are not going to heal quickly. We're not superhumans. Like everything, it, there's a, there's a biomarker for everything. There's, there's a process for everything. So for, for me, it's really frustrating because I'll have people coming in like, Hey, um, can I just get acupuncture? And uh, my back pain will go away tomorrow, right? And you're like, no, dude. Like, what? So there, there, I think there are a lot of tools that are helpful. Just like anything else, when people say tools, I always say, okay, this is a tool. You're adding this on to a very rigorous or a, a you know a lengthy prog- process of other things you should be doing that are much more important. Sleep, nutrition, stress levels, you know stretching, mobility, strength work, those are the things that will help you recover faster. And then if you add a few tools here and there in addition to those things, your recovery process is going to be much, much more beneficial. But a lot of people are the, I'm going to go out hard. Afterwards, I'm going to add some boots and then hope that everything's fine. And that's not that's not how it works, people. But it's not how it works. <laughs> This reminds mm-hmm. me of Stephen King has a great line. He says that every speaking mm-hmm. engagement he does, Stephen King, the author, um, again, prolific writer, has put out right. at this point hundreds of books. Right? He said that every speaking engagement, someone will invariably stand up and ask mm-hmm. a question because he's doing the Q&A session, whatever. And they're like, I just want to know. i got to ask, what kind of pencil do you use? It's who like, cares? Who, who cares? cares? <laughs> who cares? cares dude just fucking right right it's when it comes to recovery i feel like again it's not apples to apples because there are some benefits here to certain things but ultimately there's a lot of this comparison i feel like holds a lot more water than people realize in terms of like this is like asking a famous Mm -hmm. author what kind of pencil they use in terms of like no this is not the point. This is not right. what's making me good. Please exactly. just for focus example, on the things that matter. I'm not going to say any names, but for the CIM, I'm an ambassador for CIM, um, and I'm on the First Timer Facebook page, and there's a lot of things happening on there. Classic examples of this. Like the first time this, you know, this runner has run 16 miles, and they're like, I just ran 16 miles and my body hurts. 
Like, um, and then the comments from people are like, just foam roll, just Norma Tech, just do this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, no, like what? Like she's, she's talking about sciatica symptoms now. And I'm like, lady, in my head, I'm thinking, I wonder if she's doing all these other things. Like, you know, like has she seen, gotten valued by a physical therapist? She might need it, but is she, is she doing her strengthening? Is she doing her mobility stuff? Is she doing her, her running drills, right? Her pre-running drills, post-running drills. She's staying out there and like maybe doing like a jogging session or a walking session after she's done. And no, people are just telling her just like foam roll. And I'm like, no, that's not going to help her recover. So there's a misconception of what recovery should look like um, versus what it should really be. So, but I, yeah. All right. So do you want to go through like the things that matter and the things that throw don't? Things or you want me you. just like to yeah. throw things at you and you can analyze them? Okay. All right. First thing. I have to do it because if people, I don't want you to turn off this podcast, people, and to miss <laughs> the meat yeah. of this episode. Oh, God. Sleep. 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 Super go. important. Most of your, the healing in the body, like, uh, they talk about REM sleep. REM sleep is where your body is probably the most quiet brain actively, very active. But this is where all the cellular stuff goes. Um, and does most of its work. So if you don't sleep well, where your body doesn't necessarily really recover or rest, right? You need to be in a very restful state to let your body do its thing biologically. So if you can't get eight to seven hours of sleep a day, you're never going to actually get through full REM sleep and, and thus help promote the healing process um, and help reduce all these stress factors and inflammatory markers in your body. Simple, plain and simple. Okay. Random rating skill. Random rating skill. One being not important at all. Ten being as important as it gets. Oh, this is like we'll a each eight one or of nine. These for each one of these categories. Eight or nine sleep. Eight or nine sleep. Eight or nine. Eight and a half. So, even if you talk to the pros, like right? These are okay. the people who are logging in a hundred miles a day. I mean, no, sorry, a week. A hundred. <laughs> a hundred miles wow. a week some serious running what they talk about is we run we eat we wake up we eat a pretty good meal we run and we take a nap and we do it all over again doubles so they talk about sleeping it's pretty important yeah yeah mm -hmm. okay i like it okay next thing elevation just putting your feet up i would rank that yeah. that would be a very good thing to do as a five or six not necessary. I think this is what you're trying to do with elevation is you're trying to help your lymphatic system drain out all these extra, you know, cellular inflammatory things, right? Um, all the gunk that people want to call it um, and try to get it into the central portals of your lymphatic system. So it gets processed and your body gets rid of all these toxins. So I think it's helpful better than you running, sitting in the car and sitting on the couch, right? I would say, yeah. Okay. Corollary to that. Feet on the wall, right? You see some people like will, will like put their yeah, butt I would think it, to the, to the yeah. base of the wall. Feet go 90 degrees. This is like, I feel like a couple yeah, years ago, I used to see lot. this a lot. I think that Less to me, now, that's the same thing as elevation. Like as long as your legs, even in PT, we talk about that. That's extreme. This is like extreme elevation, yeah. right? If you're at 90 no, degrees. No, to me, I'm like, okay, great. You can't you're go elevating, higher than Things that. are draining and you're getting a pretty awesome nerve and hamstring stretch. So I would rank it great. You want to do that? Five or six. Better than, again, I would I would probably put it the same as 
just elevating your feet. Great point about the yeah. Maybe you need to do it. I can't do that move. Like this is not. This is less recovery, more yoga. So Matt, you need to do that. (laughs) Wow, for me this is a seven and a half. For other people, it's a five. Uh, (laughs) All right. Next one up. One that oh, everyone damn. likes to talk about. You've already brought damn. it up. Damn. Okay. Norma Tech boots. I, in the PT world, people need to understand the Norma Tech technology is pretty much stolen. It's pulse dynamic compression. It has existed in the lymphatic lymphedema rehab setting for many, 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 many years. And it's very effective for lymphedema, which is what Norma Tech did is, hey, it helps people with very severe swelling. Let's use it to help with, you know inflammation and uh and help athletes recover so there is research to help that helps prove that it's helpful i would also say however if you did all these other things it's probably just as efficient so i would put it in the five six maybe seven maybe whoa and why why wow interesting higher than i thought given that description we've talked about this briefly before this we started talking is it does force people to be there for 45 minutes and so you're really you know what i'm saying it's like yes yes we did talk about this offline. We did talk about this offline that like I've had p- some PTs say like, hey, I'm not a big fan of Norma Tech boot, but what I do like about them is that mm-hmm. all some people are on their mm-hmm. feet, their feet up yeah. for and half I an hour, and I'm all about that. the only other benefit of it is not only are most people elevating, but they're getting this compression component to it, which which can promote the lymphatic system um, and that sort versus just elevation. So that's why I would put it maybe a smidge higher, and you're forcing people to be there for 30, 45 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, see, this sports is I'm always the hands-on stuff. Okay, I think sports massage is pretty helpful. You're getting a lot of things where, for example, um, you're stretching and you're doing all this stuff. But I think with any type of, even if it's just not as intense as a sports massage, you're getting a provider who's well-trained in anatomy to kind of go into muscles that might need a little bit more help that you might not necessarily notice or are very aware of problematic. So you get more of a direct treatment. I would put that more in the seven category. I don't think it's something people need to do very frequently. A sports massage is very aggressive. um, And you actually might have to recover from that itself versus like a Swiss massage or something like that. A sports massage is is pretty painful. And you, uh, I think you also have to have a provider who is very aware of that. How hard they go can actually create more problems as well, you know? Like they can actually create a strain and bruise you. Like I don't think that's helpful either. Um, it might be detrimental to some people. So, but yes, I think that I would put that in a seven category. Okay. So you mentioned in terms of frequency, what are some, whether it's deep tissue sport or maybe even just kind of a tr- more traditional, so mm-hmm. you're, you're, you know, at my PT, they actually have some people who, who oh, are cool. certified in massage, but also are PT. So they kind of like are able to do both. Um, so from a frequency standpoint, what is something that you would potentially a recommend serious, for a common range? If you're a serious runner who's logging in a whole bunch of mileage and you're feeling pretty wrecked um, and you're not necessarily so great with all the other things involved with recovery, once every five to six weeks would be pretty good. Yeah. So every month and a half. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That makes sense. Okay. Um, mm. 
mentioned before. Foam rolling is the same thing? Again, So, look, rolling. this is the thing with foam rolling. Foam rolling, for it to be effective, and the most of the studies really pertain towards delayed onset muscle soreness, so, like, the soreness you have after a workout, it is effective only if you foam roll an area. Not for 5 minutes, not for 10 minutes, 20 minutes of foam rolling. 20, yes, 20 minutes. One area? So... Um, oh, God. Proven to help reduce soreness uh, between four, 24 to 48 hours, um, but it's 20 minutes. And I looked at the study uh, the other day, and I was like, "Wow, I, I thought I thought it was 10 minutes. It's 20 minutes." So, same thing. It's kind of like giving yourself a, a, a sports massage where you're like really flushing things out. You're kind of forcing the muscle to relax if you're doing it correctly. Um, but I think if you can maintain and doing it a few minutes a day. On top of you doing your active mobility stuff, you're actively stretching, you're doing everything okay, and you can do it for five to ten minutes a day per problematic area, that would be pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. One thing that I like in warm-up is the massage mm -hmm. gun. I feel like it's a great warm-up tool for me. Especially, especially when I'm doing early morning runs. So mm -hmm. like kind of like sometimes I'll run like during the school year, drop my kids off of school mm -hmm. and then I run. So I've been up for like two or three hours at that point. So I don't need it quite as much. In the summer, I run much earlier. So the, the massage gun for me helps yeah, really kind of get mm -hmm. me going when I haven't been awake that long. Okay. Now, for a lot of people, mm -hmm. they think of the massage gun more as a recovery tool. So let's touch on that. How does it, the, how does it fall in the that The literature I've read with the hypervolt is that it helps promote increasing range of motion. Okay. So with that being said, as a recovery tool, again, after a hard workout, if people, you know, after you cool down, you kind of get a little bit like tense and sore. I think that might maybe help keep your muscles not as stiff. Um, but you might have to dedicate a good amount of time for that to happen. I think AMPT, we actually use percussion and vibration to help stimulate muscle activity. So there might be some component of that in the hypervolt as well. Um, but I think, again, it's just a tool, right? If you're doing your hypervolt with other things, great. It's a great tool to add. Would I categorize it in my top? No, I'd probably put it more in like the five, four category. All right. If someone had to choose foam Damn. rolling or massage gun, which one? Taking the cost out of it. Honestly, just I which one's think better? Foam rolling is better. Yeah, I do think okay. it's a also little less bit expensive. more. Oh well, I guess it really just depends. Oh, I don't know. That I'm being biased. I think it depends on the area and the person. Does it depend on the right? area? Some people are pretty sensitive. Like I have patients who can't handle being, they can't handle pressure at all. Like the more you touch them, it's like the worse they get. Foam rolling might not be the best and hypervolt might be better. Vice versa. But I, I, I'm a big fan for foam rolling. I think foam rolling is pretty good. It's like aggressive enough. It, it kind of needs the muscle. You get enough pressure. Like deep, there, there's a sort of therapy, tactile therapy or massage therapy where deep pressure kind of helps relax the muscle. And that's the theory. So kind of form rolling is that the sense there. With hypervolt, I don't think you could probably get in there. But for the most part, it's I don't, the impression I've had, it's not as aggressive as foam rolling. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I have a I have a mini massage gun from from Brio, who used to sponsor the podcast. Yeah. And 
I like it. I like it a lot. Actually, I don't have it right now mm. because my wife gave it to a teaching friend who was having back problems yeah. and they're using it now. Yeah. But I liked it a lot. So you have like three different settings. You have like the mm. you know, the, the less intense up to the more intense. And That's awesome. I found it to be really helpful. I like it a lot. So it was kind of like the less intense ones are better for like the calves, the upper Achilles tendon, whereas like the upper ones are better for like the hamstrings and the glutes. One time my, my daughter You're saw like, me I'm doing that. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I have, I have I'm, a Theragun. I'm fine. I'm fine. Two guns, and I, I think I've used them once ever. I'm not a fan of them. But you know what? I also think whatever you believe is going to help you is going to help you. The power of the brain. Oh, uh, are, are I, we now going into I, the placebo a effect? I do a lot of these things. There's some, there's something that does help, but I also believe if you really truly believe it's going to help you, there is some um, psychosomatic stuff that that is a part of this. So, in that case, maybe we should dovetail <laughs> to a new subject. All right, astrology, uh, horoscopes. How does horoscope play a, play a role in recovery? If a if 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 the placebo effect you is know, real, there is to say the horoscope that, though, won't I help. Think with placebo, with a lot of a lot of different things, you know. Um, but of course, I think there's enough research to, to dictate that all these tools are have shown that it's been helpful with certain things in in recovery. But again, as someone who promotes whole type of therapy and rehab you just need to do all the good stuff man so i feel yeah. like i've hit a lot mm-hmm. of the newer tech however i don't well, know there's all this a stuff. lot of so is there stuff that i have forgotten or i should have included like tool yeah and it's like oh gosh that was on the list like that, yes that i meant that i meant that i don't believe in you're breaking up adhesions and you're doing all that stuff i really think um, scraping can be good in, in the rehab setting, really good for, for scars. Like you have really thick scars after surgery and it really kind of helps mobilize things. But again, I mean, in superficial areas, like the foot, their foot, it's pretty, it's not as dense as like your quad or something like that. I think it's super helpful. If, like you're having some like plantar fasciitis or something like that to help with that. Yeah, yeah, scraping is pretty, just like a it, way of getting like a sports massage without the therapist. therapist. Like you really dig in there. Maybe ten years ago, and my whole quad was purple the next day, and I thought, "Oh hell, nah, this is not for me." <laughs> I don't Remember know. our last episode? What were we talking about the last episode? It was the um. Was oh the, yeah, yeah. Posterior that, like, tendon on the inside of your nice, ankle um, that goes into your foot. Oh yeah, he scraped you. So I had a PT oh, yeah. that thought I had a posterior tibialis issue. And you had a He was scraping the inside, the medial side of my ankle between my heel bruise. and my ankle bone hard for like Oh my gosh, that minutes. guy. Poor guy. And I had that a poor bone you. bruise. Poor you. That's terrible. <laughs> I was Yeah. I was not enjoying the experience. And I was going That's like crazy. twice a week for like 2 months. And it was like I got to be honest, yeah. doc. It doesn't feel like it's I helping. Would put, in fact, I am yeah, in a lot of pain right now. I would put the cupping almost in the same category. Cupping. I fucking hate cupping. Cupping. Oh Let's talk God. about cupping. What I, in the okay. world there, is you that? You have to remember. Th- oh, hold on a second. Before we get into it, there are there's definitely going to be a subset of people who are listening to this who do not know what we mean. Even, yes. The scraping, basically, it's like a silver tool. Kind of looks like a little curve. And you basically like... It, it yeah. does what it says. It, you basically scrape it against your muscles or ligaments. 
there's going to definitely be a subsection of people who are listening to this who have no idea what cupping, cupping? even means. So let's, let's introduce it first and, and explain what, why this is with the fallacy of, the of whatever Olympics this is. When everyone saw Michael Phelps with a whole bunch of bruises on his back, that's when it blew up because I remember asking yes. myself, what the hell is that? Like someone gave him hickeys. Like he has hickeys all over his back. Um, so this comes out of a group of, you know, healthcare providers and scientists and whatever who believe in the whole myofascial system and that the, the fascia plays a very important and integral role in movement and uh, maybe pain and faulty movement patterns and, and like slings and chains and all this stuff. And I do think that there is some truth to it, but I, I find it. Uh, so anyways, cupping is these plastic cups sometimes are glass and they pretty much suck the air. They put it on top of an area that hurts and they suck the air out of that area with the cup on top and it stays on. Like the tentacles of an octopus. Yeah, like vacuum here, seals like, it. Stuck. And sometimes it'll, it'll, I don't, I'm not really so, sure. I'm not trained in cupping. I am, uh, but mostly because I just, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little, Maybe I should get go into classes to learn a little bit more about it and see if they'll change my mind. But essentially, the idea is you're trying to change and mobilize the fascia and uh, help with your movement and recovery and, and increase blood circulation and something like that. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Whenever mm -hmm. I hear increase blood circulation from something that is happening on the skin... I always I think like that doesn't make any sense. The heart, the heart is what dictates capillaries. blood circulation. And in fact, you no. can't increase blood circulation to certain areas you, and not other I have areas. So many like questions. your heart. This is exactly rate. what I don't understand. And so I think, but this is, I also, to the people who do it and they really find value, I think if, if you find value in it, amazing. I think I'm speaking more from the medical aspect of it and the scientific way. I'm like, it doesn't make any sense to me if you're going to sell it to me as you're increasing blood flow and you're trying to move the fascia. Like, what if someone has a bigger BMI? All you're getting is adipose tissue and skin. How are you mobilizing the fascia? I just don't, it, it's something hard for me to understand. And increasing blood flow doesn't make any sense because the blood flow yeah, it's is like still pulling happening. In the, you're saying like the blood the hickey, is pooling the now? People have bruises. <laughs> yeah. The reason so why you're people decreasing have blood flow? Some people will bleed. They're pulling so hard that the superficial capillaries in the skin are bursting and you're bleeding. Right. <laughs> so. And when they say when they say like right, this area has now increased blood flow, that makes it sound like it's yeah. Mario Kart. Where all of a sudden it's like the arrows on the course, and all of a sudden you go, go faster because yeah. you're going through it. Like that's not how the blood works. It's not like you've now yeah. turbocharged three inches of artery, right? As so opposed to I the rest of the that. But system. again, it's been around for many many years. It's more Eastern medicine. Um, more power to you guys. I, if anyone's out there who's super adamant about it, I will take any articles to educate myself. But until that happens, I am, that is a zero for me. That is on the bottom of the list for me. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Got it. Cupping. Right. So like, it's, just, like, it's like yeah, Ursula from uh, The Little Mermaid I, giving I, you again, a hug. you guys. It's not, tools, it's not a positive. Awesome tools. Foam rolling. The, the boots. All this stuff. Even cupping, scraping. I don't care whatever you guys do. But 
just do the other stuff. You gotta eat well, hydrate, you sleep your hours. If you're stressed out, if you're stressed out, that itself is gonna, it's gonna increase stress markers in your body. That puts you at risk for injuring something. I don't know. There's so many other things that are much more worthwhile. Tell me. Can I tell you my favorite recovery move? My favorite recovery move. So I learned this in high school when I was running track. And one of our, our mm-hmm. so I was a sophomore at the time. Yeah, sophomore. So a senior on the team who ended up becoming the wow. Big East wow. champion in the long jump in high school, in college. So he was at the long jump and the triple jump or one of the two. Anyway, so but he ran and he was a really good uh, track athlete. So he was, he was there. Mm-hmm. We would do these, you know, bombastic track workouts. Yeah. And be sore afterwards, man. Of course we were sore. I was like, man, Mike, I'm dying over here. I'm like, really? So I'm still sore from yesterday. And he's like, what do you, what was like, when, when track ends, track practice ends, and you go into the locker room, what do I do? Do you ever, ever look to see what I do? I'm like, yeah, you're just kind of, you, would you, yeah. like, you walk around or something? I'm like, yeah. He goes, I walk around. Mm-hmm. I walk one lap around the track. I walk 400 meters around the track. Mm-hmm. He goes, it takes me, you know, four or five minutes. I'm like, all right. And this is not like this is not a Loki guy who's like happy to express. Dang, you're like I'm classroom. taking this. So it was like a, a novel experience that he was like. I remember because like three months later in a pickup basketball game, I once <laughs> scored on him. He picked up the ball and threw it directly into my face. So this was like not a generally nice person. So I was like, I'm like, so I was I was definitely listening because he was he was obviously trying to impart some sort of knowledge. He's like, I swear to God. If you just walk 400 meters after the track workout, your 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 soreness is going to go down like 75. percent He goes, I don't know why. I'm not a doctor. I don't know any of that stuff. I just know that if I walk one lap after the track workout, I am so much less sore the next day. And that's like what I do now. Like all what I'll do is I'll come in from a track workout or a hard, really hard workout. I'm going mm-hmm. to track a whole lot anymore, but like I'll go do a hard workout, right? But I'll come home help. and I'll, like, so, I'll walk my dog. Actually, after Boston, after my 50K, and I, the first time I noticed it was after Boston, is I had to walk all the way to my hotel, which is like a little bit half a mile. I was in pain. By the time I got there, I was like, oh, okay, I'm still in pain. But the next day I wasn't. And then for my 50K, we ended up having to walk back to our Airbnb, and it was like half a mile. And you kind of, it does, in my, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, I think of it physiologically. Okay, all this, the, the like compression sleeves, rheumatic. When you walk, you're still creating mini contractions and you're kind of flushing things out on your own and you're kind of moving your body. You're still, you're not sitting there and letting things settle and stay. So I, I, I like the walking. I think that's a great active way to recover without, you know, having to go home and just lay on your butt and put boots on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah lay on walk. your butt later. Your butt needs it. Yeah, your butt needs to lay down. Right? Just not right away, people. Not right away. Uh, All right, Jess, before we get going, you want to plug anything? No. I don't. <laughs> oh, How my about gosh, your yes. freaking track team? <laughs> How about your running team? <laughs> Goodness grief. Good grief, <laughs> Jess Mena. You got a goddamn team. You're trying to support. I'm You're doing stuff every Wednesday. Come on. In little city of Los Angeles. Tempo Training Run Club. That little city on the West Coast. California who works for the city is listening to this. Okay. Yeah, we're. But it's not in Los Angeles. Tell people where you are. Good grief. We're about 20 minutes from downtown. We're in the suburbs in the San Fernando Valley. Um, A valley. We're in the kind of like a little desert. Yeah. That's it. 
That's it. See, tell exactly. It'd be like me saying, like, hey, come over to Boston. <laughs> okay. It's close. Like, no, it's yes. not close. We're in the you're back. An hour and, We're in the San Francisco. You're an hour and, and 10 minutes from 20 Boston. minutes away from downtown. Tell people where you are. We got a little crew of 20 people. And, uh, but I will say this if anyone has any tips on how to work the city to try to open a track for us, it's been the bane of my, my existence. So people say, that's what people say. Um, it's been very hard. And I realized how hard it is to get resources from the city. So I am working very hard right now to make that happen. Thank you. I hear you. Good luck to you. I will say, I'm I'm much more a fan of like the, I, the time I, yeah. intervals now. I don't even go on tracks anymore. I'll just do like I like I don't eight think by three minutes. Track. How far oh, is that? I don't know, man. Just fucking now, run hard. So uh, I get it. Yeah, eight by right. half mile. Because you could do like the eight by half mile, right? Six by half mile. Six by half miles. Exactly or you what could I just do. say I like, just hey, minutes now. seven by three minutes. So maybe we should move it out of the track. <laughs> Let's just do it. I hear you. Everybody's you know what? That's park. it. It's a blessing. Park. It's a blessing right in disguise. Bike pass. There you go. Instead of the track, just go invade the. Just, just, just follow Malcolm Gladwell's lead. Oh shit! Be his spiritual guide and just run on the golf courses in L.A. He wants everyone to do that. He wants he wants runners to take over the golf courses because he swears to God that's the best place to run in L.A. and no one's Ooh. allowed in them. Just go from T to green. Do the do the damn you know, the San the, the San Fernando Valley five k along the golf course. Yeah, maybe we should. We might get kicked out, but no, run what? on it's the golf course. To have some. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You're running anyway. They, they won't catch you. Yeah. <laughs> What's the worst thing to do? Throw you out. That's You're true. already Thank out. You You're already out. The tips here. This is great. All right, Jess. Thank you so much, and thank you, everybody for listening to another collab between Jess Mena and myself. If you haven't done so already, go sign up for CIM. They are not sponsored the podcast, but they rock. I go there every year, and I'm so glad. This year, a lot of live shows. No running the marathon for me, but we will be doing some. Um, what's it called? There's some shakeout runs from McCurdy Trained. Everyone's invited to those. And there's going to be a million other shakeout runs as well. Literally last, I think it was two, three years ago, I was on the McCurdy Trained shakeout run. And we like crossed paths with five other shakeouts. Whoa. And then I finished. I was actually in the gooder that is shakeout true. run. When I finished, I didn't realize that I had crossed paths and lost track of where I was. All of a sudden, I finished like, thank you guys so much for joining the gooder yeah. shakeout run. I'm like, I was in the McCurdy Trained shakeout run. <laughs> what is this i don't know what group this is these are all very nice people anyway a lot of fun over cim thank you so much for listening and happy running